Hey everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take a look at a number of major transits that are coming up as a lunar eclipse in Scorpio is about to form on May 16th. So we're coming up on this really shortly, and before the lunar eclipse comes through, and even just after it comes through, there are a number of transits happening back to back that are very powerful. So we're going to talk about this kind of as the lead up to uh, the upcoming lunar eclipse. We've got Mercury turning retrograde, Jupiter's entering Aries, but the sun about to square Saturn. Uh, Mercury's retrograde will come back and make an aspect with Jupiter. It's, and it's a lot of it's all just jammed in right before this lunar eclipse in Scorpio. And then right after the lunar eclipse in Scorpio, there's a, another few big aspects. So because of this, we're going to sort of talk, we're going to sort of paint a big picture, try to get the 20,000 foot view of the next week. Um, we've already taken a look at Jupiter's entrance into Aries from a number of different angles. Uh, so we're going to be trying to incorporate that entrance of Jupiter into Aries now alongside of a few other things like Mercury retrograding in Gemini, the Sun squaring Saturn in the upcoming lunar eclipse, and uh, just try to give, get, get everybody prepared for the week ahead. So um, before we dive into that, and I'll pop up the real-time clock and we'll get into it, don't forget, please like and subscribe, share your comments in the comments section, click the notification bell for updates. You can always find transcripts of my daily talks on my website, nightlightastrology.com, in the blog section. And as you guys know, my new class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic, starts on June 5th. I'm really excited for this class. You can learn more about it by visiting my website, which is nightlightastrology.com. Once you're there, click on the courses page, the first year course in particular, although I should mention that year two and horary classes start June 11th and 12th. So if you're someone who has a background in ancient astrology or traditional astrology, check out the horary class. It starts on June 12th. If you're already enrolled in or have previously been enrolled in my year one program, uh, then you, you've heard me talk about this already, but the year two course uh, that follows the year one course starts on June 11th. So you can learn all about those on the website too if you click on the different course pages. Anyway, once you scroll down, you can learn more about the class and everything that it includes. It's a one-year immersion into the study of ancient astrology. It is a fantastic course. And uh, we just graduated a new group of students, over 70% of which are going on to year two. They liked it so much. So that to me is really good testimony. You're going to have a few students coming on to talk about the course and do a live stream this Friday. So you'll be able to actually talk with some students and learn more about the program this after, on Friday afternoon, in addition to Friday's regular content. The class includes 30 online webinars. They're all two to th three hours each. We meet on noon e at noon Eastern time on Sundays. There are 12 lectures led by guest teachers outside of those 30 classes, plus this looks like eight to 10 breakout study sessions in between major units of study led by my tutoring staff. Um, so if you have questions, there's a lot of support for you. There's a forum discussion with paid tutors that are there year round to help. Uh, you can email me with questions anytime. There's tons of bonus material for you to take advantage of um, and lots of good reading and optional quizzes and flashcards and all sorts of stuff. Plus, you know, the community that you build in the program is, is really special, especially if you're participating regularly in the student forum. You can download all of the courses if you can't make the live webinars. You get to keep everything in the class perpetually. You have access to it anytime on a, on a website. Let me show you what it looks like. So this is our, uh, this is an example of the Thinkific website that I use. And what you'll find here is once you log in, this is kind of what a class view looks like. If you click on course information, you're going to find course overview information, the, the goals and syllabus, recommended reading, software, requirements for certification, like all sorts of information about the class. Then let's just say we're going to lesson one here, a brief history of Western astrology. 
you have a, a little tutorial on how to actually use and navigate your student uh, portal. And then you have the recording of the video from the class. You have the recording of the audio. You have the slides from the class, all of which can be downloaded to like your phone or whatever. <clears throat> you got the Q&A box transcript if you want to read the chat box from the class. Flashcards rooted in everything we studied, homework and self-study quiz if you want to, recommended readings. And then, you know, there's some... Uh, there's some uh, bonus links that we have you go to, like, here's a really cool YouTube video you might like. Here's some additional links to, you know, a good podcast episode that also might talk about something we talked about in class that you can check out that's free on the web somewhere. Um, so there's always recommended places that we send you to if you want to, you know, check out material that's similar to what you're studying in class or go deeper in a different direction. Maybe there's so a YouTube channel out there, someone's covering the same topic in a way that we want you to think about in addition to the way we're having you think about it. All of that's optional, right? But there's tons of support like that for you in every lesson. And uh, as we go along, then you'll see there's a study session lesson down here. So if I click down there, then you're going to find all of the interactive notes from that study session that are review on the unit that we just covered. So it's a really cool interactive site is the point. I just wanted to give you a little sense. You have a calendar of all of your class events there. Um, and then there's a link to the, the student forum where you can you know, uh, create a profile, join in, and there's paid tutoring staff there year round for you to ask questions, work on charts together. So it, it's a really great program. And I hope you'll check it out on nightlightastrology.com. Also, um, when you are thinking of registering, if you go down to the bottom of that first year course page, you're going to see an early bird option to save $500 off. That's the best deal. There's a 12-month payment plan if you need it. So take advantage of that if you want to spread it out a little bit. And then also the need-based tuition option. If you want to take my courses, one of my courses, but you can't afford it for whatever reason, it's out of your price point or your budget, you're a single parent, you're on disability, whatever the case might be, please use the need-based tuition. But use that now because we will... Uh, we do have a limited number of those need-based spots available. So, all right. Any questions you guys have about it, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. And I really thank you guys for letting me, uh, you know, take some time at the beginning uh, around enrollment season to promote my programs. As you guys know, I am my only marketing. So this is uh, this is how I, I uh, sell my programs and and uh, support my my business. So I really appreciate you guys just bearing with me as I promote. I know some of you guys, you're used to hearing it every day, but um, it really does make a difference. We have literally, you know, thousands of new views and new viewers every week who get exposed to the program. And so that's why I do it every day. Okay. Well, that being said, there are some really exciting transits coming up, leading up to a lunar eclipse in Scorpio. And that's what we're going to talk about. I want to put the real time clock up on the screen and walk you through some of these transits that are approaching. So let's go ahead. And, um, first of all, Let's just take this forward one day to May 10th. And here you're going to see Jupiter entering Aries. We've talked about this at length already, so I'm not going to be exclusively talking about Jupiter and Aries today. But instead, I want you to notice everything else that happens. So here's Jupiter entering. Uh, here is Jupiter entering Aries. And uh, that happens on May 10th. As that is happening on the this week at the exact same time, I want you to notice what Mercury is doing. Here is Mercury, and you'll notice the little S. That means Mercury is stationing. So as Mercury is stationing, that means it's preparing to turn retrograde as the evening star, which means it'll make a transformation into its morning star phase uh, after the retrograde cycle is complete. 
we take this forward one day to May 11th, now Mercury is retrograde. So Mercury retrogrades from May 11th all the way to June 3rd until it's turning direct again. So right away on May 11th, we have Mercury turning retrograde as Jupiter is entering Aries and we're now just days away from a lunar eclipse in Scorpio. What's also happening at the exact same time is you're seeing the sun in Taurus forming a square with Saturn in Aquarius. And that is going to perfect over the next few days. So by Sunday, at the end of this week, you're seeing that oh, Saturday into Sunday, May 14th into the 15th, the sun crosses through the square to Saturn. Then on May 15th into the 16th, right after the sun squares Saturn, you're going to see a lunar eclipse in Scorpio. And you can see that forming right here around the south node of the moon in opposition to the sun across the wheel. So that is, a, that is an incredibly, that is a, a, a very packed window of activity. Jupiter enters Aries, Mercury turns retrograde, the sun squares Saturn, and then a full moon forms with the moon in its fall and Scorpio with the south node. Okay, like that's that's a lot. That That's a lot of action. And if that's not enough, right after, look at what happens next. The lunar eclipse comes through the evening of the 15th into the 16th. And then on May 17th, Mars will conjoin Neptune. So you can see right here, the very next day after the eclipse, there's Mars and Neptune coming together. Right after that, to follow the sequence through, Mercury will make a sextile through its retrograde with Jupiter. So here you can see Mercury's retrograde taking it backward toward Jupiter. And that transit is going to perfect then right as Mercury is basically going Kazemi with the sun. So you'll see if we just take this forward a little bit more to about the 21st. <clears throat> Let me clear this. Here's the 21st. Mercury's Kazemi right around that time. And right before it goes Kazemi, we're looking at, you know, about um, the, right, let's see, it's actually May 19th, Mercury will sextile Jupiter. So on the, on the 19th, you're seeing Mercury sextile Jupiter through its retrograde as it's combusts the sun and as the sun is changing signs into Gemini. And then immediately as it does so, that's when you're getting the Kazemi. So the Kazemi comes through then on the 21st. And that also happens right as the sun is moving into a sextile with Jupiter. So that is, I mean, you know, what I would, if you, if that was like, whoa, that was a ton of information, seriously re-listen to this initial breakdown of the transits several times. I'm going to go back over it without the chart up really quickly just to review. Okay, so on May 10th, Jupiter enters Aries. Uh, as soon as that happens, the next day, Mercury turns retrograde in Gemini, starts moving backward through its retrograde toward a sextile with Jupiter, who's just entered Aries. But as it's doing so, the sun squares Saturn, and then there is a lunar eclipse in Scorpio. And then on the 17th, Mars conjoins Neptune. Two days later, on the 19th, Mercury, through its retrograde, then sextiles Jupiter as it is, like, you know, combusts the sun. And then by the 21st, it's Kazemi, and the sun is sextiling Jupiter. So how do you put all of that together? Let's, let's try to, I'm going to try to break this down 
by talking about 10 themes to watch for given that uh, conflagration of planetary energy. Okay, so, and I'm going to try to break down how these 12, 10 themes fit into all of those transits or how those transits reflect these themes. So number one, starting something new due to obstacles or challenges that are arising. Why would this make sense? Because Mercury retrograde often signals some kind of change of circumstance or a revision or a breakdown of the plan or plot and the need to, you know, course correct. But that Mercury retrograde, which is burning up under the beams of the sun, is also heading into a sextile with Jupiter in Aries, who is very excited to initiate something. Added to that, the sun is squaring Saturn, which loves to present us with obstacles, especially things that stand in the way of our ideal, our ideal outcome, our desires, uh, whatever we our ambitions are. The sun squared to Saturn comes up as a kind of meaningful, creative block as Mercury is turning retrograde and having to revise, reconsider, or course correct somehow, and is also hitting a sextile to Jupiter. And as a full moon in Scorpio is coming through, that's a lunar eclipse, you get the feeling of a, a moment of ha having to start something new out of necessity, having to start something new because the way that something has been cannot go on any longer without it doing damage somehow something like that. So number two is very similar. Number one would be you're starting something new due to obstacles or challenges that are arising and you literally have to start something new in order to overcome those challenges. For example, um, you may have to uh, you may have to literally um, start a new business as a way of uh, dealing with some kind of challenge to the filing status of your business, uh, you know, in, in a certain place that you live or something like that. I'm just making this up, but let's imagine that you have that of necessity, you have to initiate a new project, a new idea, a new plan specifically because it, you, your necessity is somehow making you. Okay. So that would be one expression of these energies altogether. Another one is a little bit more basic and it's just having to significantly change course or revise plans because of something sort of unexpected coming up and standing in your way. It's not quite the same as having to start something entirely from scratch. It's not like burn it down and start again. It's more like a very significant revision of something existing. And this would fit in line with all of the energies that are coming in the next week as well. The third one would be unexpected blocks that lead to very fast and easy solutions. This would be the upside of this transit. Mercury's retrograde, the sun's hitting a square to Saturn, there's a lunar eclipse in Scorpio. Okay, that could certainly present a big block to whatever your ambitions or aims are. However, the retrograde, the Kazemi, the hitting the sextile of the sun and Mercury to Jupiter and Aries, um, <clears throat> all of which could translate into, look, there's an unexpected block, but there's a very quick, easy, fast solution. And that would be probably an upside. So in other words, be patient too, because you don't want to just burn things to the ground if there might be an unexpectedly fast or easy solution. Number four is that you are protected from the worst while an underlying issue is exposed. For example, and this is a terrible example, but it, let's just say that you discovered that there was black mold in uh, the house you just bought. and But thankfully, you had not moved in yet. 
And let's just say that it wasn't going to be that big of a deal to take care of. So you're protected from the worst while some kind of underlying issue or problem is exposed or brought to the surface. You might have to deal with it, but it could have been a lot worse. You get that feeling from this combination as well, especially the full moon in Scorpio. Something is being made manifest that's a little heavy or difficult. The suns hit that block of a square to Saturn. But Jupiter's entered Aries. Mercury retrograde is protected under the beam from the beams of the sun by being in its own chariot and its own sign of Gemini. Hits the Kazemi, both sextile Jupiter. There's a quick, easy solution. You're protected from the worst. But something now has been brought to your attention, and aren't you glad you got to see that without you know, as much consequence. So another way of looking at it. And I'm just kind of turning the jewel of some of the same dynamics. Number five, an emotional catharsis creates a breakthrough. Okay, you have a really big emotional breakdown and there's disappointment or frustration or hurt or betrayal. There's um, loss. Look, a full moon in Scorpio is not going to mess around, right? It's like that. that's potentially a, a very challenging lunar eclipse. With the south node of the moon, which tends to diminish things or tends to bring um, challenges and, and different kinds of losses, uh, traditionally that's what the south node meant both in the east and the west. So you have the potential for diminishment of something, losses, challenges, grief, intense emotions. But again, Mercury's retrograde in its own sign, sextiling Jupiter, the sun sextiling Jupiter. You get this feeling of an emotional catharsis. Don't forget right after the scorpionic full moon lunar eclipse, there's a conjunction between, um, there's also a conjunction between Mars and Neptune, which often creates this feeling of like a big emotional, um, like the clouds breaking open and it raining and like, yeah, it's, it's a big release, but it's a relief as well. <clears throat> Number six would be that righteous anger needs a clever plan. It's like if you're if you are in the right about something, you know, you're you're pissed off and you have reason to be, right? So someone really messed up, or um, there's there's a reason to be, like, I'm I'm really angry, and you have every right to be. You know that situation is tricky because you're going to need intelligence, so that you don't. You know the worst thing is when you are right about something. This often happens in my experience in different work environments I've been in throughout my life. It seems to often happen to women, for example, where, you know, if a woman is mad about something that she has every right to be mad about, someone will dismiss what she's saying by saying, oh, look, she's hysterical or something like that. But I would say, broadly speaking, this energy could do that to anyone right now. Where you, you, do you get the, I hope that, you know, it's a, stere it's a terrible stereotype, but like that happens. And I'm sure you guys have seen that happen before, too. Uh, it's a double standard, right? Well, you may have something to be very motivated by or to some need to take action, some righteous sense of anger, or you might feel justified in some way, but you're going to need a clever plan or strategy so that people can't dismiss or discard or disregard what you're saying or trying to do simply because they want to paint you as someone who's out of control or angry or being a bully or something like that. So uh, you know, righteous anger needs a plan. You know, that's that's a kind of theme here. Um, a hard compromise or sacrifice. Mars Neptune is often about great compromises and sacrifices. It feels to me like the sun square to Saturn, the full moon lunar eclipse in Scorpio, Mercury turning retrograde all at once. 
could bring this this feeling of a block or an obstacle and all of a sudden it's like i have to i have to let something go or i have to release an expectation or i have to make a compromise and that's going to be tough like that's hard you know like that doesn't it doesn't feel good or something like that it it but it might be the best thing to do the only thing to do a hard compromise or sacrifice made as a way of resolving some kind of crisis that arises an overwhelming situation but suddenly you also find the resources to deal with it very similar to what i was saying earlier about unexpected blocks leading to a fast solution this would be like something that you're overwhelmed by but then suddenly a resource or a person arrives to help you and that would also fit in what were what were within the parameters of these transits all happening one in a row for example mars neptune is often about resources that come from the collective or collective movements or something like that so there might be someone or something greater than yourself that's also looking out for you in a situation where suddenly you feel very overwhelmed or blindsided by something. Number nine. <clears throat> now, this one, Mars-Neptune expresses this. The lunar eclipse full moon in a Mars-ruled sign expresses this while Mars is conjoining Neptune. Uh, Jupiter and Aries expresses this. Even Mar, even Mercury going into Kazemi expresses this, and that would become to become sort of manic inspired, maybe sort of zealous, almost like you're just you're you know you're uh, you're getting zapped, uh, and suddenly it's like you're uh, you know you're part mutant. <laughs> it's like like this this these this sequence of transits could be very manic like you you could find yourself really inspired but getting a little like off your rocker so i would be just be careful of that as well because jupiter entering aries is very powerful and dynamic creates a lot of change not always changes that are like easy there can be a confrontational sort of zealous uh quality what to speak of that entering as mercury is going retrograde as mercury is kazemi and both the sun and mercury are sextiling jupiter just that sense of um you know, the, the person who walks out of their house one day and just starts, you know, preaching naked on a corner somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's like you could see something like that coming out of this. So I would just say there's a little there's a little bit of like a live wire um, uh, quality to this sequence that's coming up. And I would also just remember to stay grounded. This, these these energies over the next week could be very easily sort of just uh, take over the controls a little bit and um, have you following impulses that are exciting, but but maybe like sort of ill-conceived. You know, there's a, there's a hangover potentially awaiting us after these energies start clearing out, especially after the 21st of May. Although then it ramps up again at the end of the month when Mars conjoins Jupiter, but that's another story. But it, uh, the, the, this period though, in general, like, just no kind of try to try to ride with the waves of these powerful movements rather than getting so swept up and then that you do things very quickly or suddenly especially as a way of trying to move beyond or past uh things that come up as challenges and then there's like oh i've got to have this instant solution to get and then you you might miss some resource or some some easier natural way through because you're trying to battering ram your way through in this kind of manic zealous state so that's that's just a little bit of a beware and it runs against the grain of what i'm saying when i say that you know um you 
unexpected blocks lead to a, a fast solution or you're protected from the worst or a resource appears or something like that. It's like it could, but it, you could also miss that because when a challenge arises, you become really kind of crazy and impatient. So trust the trust this process. Don't move through it too quickly with some kind of defiant uh, attitude like, oh, a, a block has come up. Well, I'm not going to be blocked, you know, <laughs> like that. <laughs> so anyway, number 10, feeling like the victim of extraordinary circumstances. Mars Neptune is very, as that's perfecting while all of this is coming through, it's very possible to feel victimized by the energies of the week ahead, to feel sort of overwhelmed or bowled over by them. And again, the message here to me would be to just trust um, that, you know, stay curious and, and trust the nature of your own experiences and um, create a little bit of reflective space in between experiences this week. It's a very good week to make sure that you have your a little meditation going, a journaling practice, going out for walks, because as all of these waves come through, um, it's going to be easy to either make, you know, that kind of fast manic reactive choices or to feel like, a victim that's getting just totally overwhelmed and you don't you don't want to go i mean people do become victims so don't get me wrong there but what i mean is like don't become a victim in a negative sense uh, don't don't you know don't become part of the problem if you're facing challenges by pouring on or or you know um piling on to yourself uh, trust that something will come through to be supportive and this is a process that might you might not see that support fully start to come through until, say, the 19th through like the 21st, which is some days after the lunar eclipse in Scorpio. Between now and the lunar eclipse, it would not be a surprise to see shit hitting the fan a little bit more. Um, after the eclipse from the 16th, about the 16th, then it's like, you know, 19th through the 21st, that's when you start seeing some supportive energies coming through that uh, the Mercury and, and Jupiter... Uh, connection, the Sun and Jupiter connection, Mercury Kazemi, and you get the feeling of like, okay, I see a way through. Uh, so just stay patient. Anyway, we will be breaking down these transits uh, as the week goes on because we also have uh, each of these to explore, you know, on their own, on their own terms. So the other benefit of, you know, the, I think. The benefit of the way that we're going to approach this is to, you know, kind of zoom out right now. And then as the week goes on, okay, let's talk about Mercury retrograde. Let's, you know, let's talk again, maybe about Jupiter entering Aries. Let's talk, let's talk about the upcoming lunar eclipse. And by studying each one and then um, remembering the, the larger context of which they're a part this week, we should be able to really stay present for every step of the, the path. So that's what we're going to do. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for watching. As always, please like and subscribe, share your comments, click the notification bell for updates. Don't forget you can find a transcript of my talk on my website. A new class starts on June 5th. Be sure to check it out on the website as well. If you forgot, that's nightlightastrology.com. Make sure you check out the need-based tuition option if for any reason it's out of your price point. The early bird rate is there too. You can check that out. Uh, if you have stories as this week goes on, make sure you share them by using the hashtag grabbed and then leaving your story. Remember the ancient name for the planets was Grahas in the Indian tradition. Uh, it means grabbers. You can also write to us grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. I would love to hear from you guys. And I'm not sure if it'll be this, given how much is in the air this week. I'm, I was going to do a grabbed episode and do storytelling, but I feel like this week there's so much happening. We might just focus on transits for the week and uh, save some of those stories for when there's a bit more of a lull 
uh, the week after. We'll see. We'll see how it goes, see how it's feeling. All right. Well, that's what I've got for today. Thank you guys for listening and I look forward to talking to you more soon. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.